Welcome to the Post Rugby Podcast with me, Anthony Andrews. My guest today is James Strong. James is a former rugby player, having represented Wales in rugby at age group level and plus on the IRB 7th circuit. He played for eight years at London Welsh and four years at Roslyn Park semi-professionally. Alongside rugby, he qualified as an accountant while working in financial services and completed a full-time MBA at Cass Business School in 2010. After rugby, he got into endurance sports such as triathlon, but soon after started suffering with his recovery. He started to seek out ways to help with this, and one of those things he found was light therapy. Off the back of this and the amazing results he got, in 2017, he founded Red Light Rising as a passion project, plus, in his words, to scratch an itch. Since then, the company has grown significantly, with players in three of the six nations Six Nations teams using their lights, plus world champion, champion heavyweight boxers, F1 drivers, Olympic athletes, and many more. So with that, James, welcome to the Post Rugby Podcast. Thanks, Anthony. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. And yeah, really looking forward to catching up and having a chat. Yeah, awesome, mate. Awesome. So we'll get into uh, the, the Red Light Rising Company a little bit later, but we'll start maybe with just sharing a few of your stories from from your rugby days. So you played at London Welsh and, and Roslyn Park. So, um, yeah, just wondering if you wanted to share some of your highlights and, and maybe, a, a, maybe a few of your challenges as well from the, from the game would be a great place to start. Yeah, absolutely. And as, as you said, I, I you know, joined London Welsh, one of my first clubs. It was the first sort of, you know, men's team I was playing for. Um, so I joined as a 19-year-old lad. Um, I came up from Wales, from Pontypridd, um, moved to the city, and needless to say, it was a steep learning curve on a number of fronts. Mm-hmm. Um, but the beauty of London Welsh, as you know, will be the camaraderie. I mean, all the lads there, everyone is so kind, so friendly. Um, they're all exceptionally talented individuals on the field and in their careers as well. And it's just such a great community to be part of. I think whenever you move anywhere, change location, change countries, the first thing you can do is find the local rugby club because you know you're going to find a great bunch of people who you can you know, socially interact with and who will, will do anything to help make your transition to that location easier and better, really. Oh, awesome. So, so what were some of your kind of playing highlights then? If you could kind of think back to maybe a game or, or a season or, or anything like that. Was it for London Welsh or was it a little bit later in your career? So, so I'd say, you know, the more challenging rugby I played with was at London Welsh. And again, you know, we were in the championship at the time and you'd see these big teams from the premiership drop down. So, you know, we've played against the likes of, you know, Newcastle Falcons, Harlequins, um, you know, also Northampton. And I think, you know, we actually faced off against Chris Ashton in his first season at Northampton and they had a star-studded line that they retained. So the likes of Carlos Spencer, Bruce Rayana, it was just an amazing experience to play at their stadiums in front of, you know, 20,000 fans at the time and just really, you know, embracing it. Didn't always go to script in terms of the results, but, you know, we, we were obviously a bunch of semi-professionals training twice a week against a very professional outfit full of internationals. And so, you know, we always faced up and, you know, did a good job on the day, but, you know, it, it always probably was a step far to, you know, step too far to actually expect the results. But having said that, we we also played at the Middlesex Sevens a few times um, against all the Premiership clubs. 
And on one occasion, we actually beat Bristol. We beat Leicester. I think we had a really successful outing. And, um, you know, we had the likes of, you know, I'm not sure if you remember some of these players, but, you know, Johnny Swords, Dan Connolly, um, you know, a, a few few of the lads from back in the day playing in that team. And again, it was just so amazing to be part of, you know, that camaraderie. And, you know, no doubt we celebrated it pretty hard that night as well. <laughs> yeah, there was always... Some big celebrations I remember in the London Welsh days. Yeah. I think I actually played in that in one of them in that game, one of the games um, against Northampton Saints against mm. the likes of Carlos Spencer. I came off the bench. I was only young at the time, and um, I remember I got absolutely smoked by Bruce Rayhana, who was their winger, and I was playing back row. And like a few friends of mine that came to watch have, have never le- le- let me live that down it's just like how have you got sat down that bad from a winger and I was like mate he's not just any winger to be fair exactly full respect you know you um, fronted up and got in the way that's what yeah. you can do but he was, yeah. he was a big guy and I think I was actually marking him on one of the days as well and yeah, yeah. just like educational in terms of seeing how he positioned himself how he approached the game and things it yeah. was just yeah it's great great experiences I'd and, say was, probably, and just for the listeners, your position was on the wing, right? Yeah, that's right. I was wing, winger or fullback generally for London Welsh. Um, and then obviously moving on to Roslyn Park was a different experience. So London Welsh went full time. So a number of us left uh, in, in the same season. And we all, I think about a dozen of us went to Roslyn Park. And again, we took that culture with us of, you know, playing hard, but also enjoying the, the social aspect and, had a, had three really successful years at Roslyn Park where we came second in the table first year, then we won the league the next year and got promoted. Um, and I think I was fortunate enough to, to be part of a very successful team that spread the ball a lot as well. I think I still hold the record for try scored in the season at Roslyn Park, which wow, um, isn't nice. the best accolade, but you know, it's <laughs> on my CV all the same. <laughs> no, that's great. That's awesome. Um, no, it's, it's, it's obviously a massive club, famous club. So to have something like mm. that, I had um, a former Roslyn Park player Harry Rowland on a, a couple of yeah. a week or so ago, and it was really cool to listen to him talk about his days at Park. Um, so, were you one of the the lucky ones to get through the game relatively unscathed, or or did you um, pick up any knocks or or injuries along the way? So, so at the time, I probably thought I was very lucky, and I didn't get any serious uh, injuries per se. But um, when I was nineteen, I pretty much partially dislocated my knee, ruptured MCL, PCL. Um, I had to have a year out of the game, basically, and that was at 19. Um, and that kind of, at the time, I had aspirations for for bigger things in rugby. Um, and I guess that was the point where I had to get a job, had to then think about, uh, you know, my career plan as well as rugby. And then throughout my career, I've popped my shoulder a couple of times, broken bones, broken my nose. And I guess I've been concussed on more than one occasion, um, including two back blackout events. Um, and so when I finished the game, especially my left shoulder was was in was in a lot of problem. And I guess four years after retiring, I had to have a shoulder operation to clean it all out and improve mobility um, and along those lines. But I guess the biggest thing that I, I had as a negative consequence, which, which, I didn't, which I didn't even know was happening to me, but I, I was in a brain fog. I finished the game. I struggled with attention and focus. Um, I struggled with sleep, just just always that lethargic, struggled to concentrate on any tasks for more than, you know, 30 minutes, really. And and again, I just thought that was me. And that was just like, you know, how life would be. Mm. And and basically, I didn't know, but I was, I was probably suffering from post-concussion syndrome and was showing signs of, you know, to mild brain damage at the time. Oh, wow. Wow. So 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 how was that going through that process? How How... 
did you like you say you said you firstly weren't aware of it what what mm. made you did you reach out to to get some help or did you start speaking to people about it like what was that process um, like it was actually a, a byproduct. So, so I just didn't feel great. And I started exploring holistic practices because obviously you speak to a GP and they're like, oh, you're, you look fine, you're fine, everything's mm-hmm. fine kind of thing. But by, you know, for, for about 15 years, it took me, you know, my first concussion when I was 19 and I got completely knocked out. Can't remember, probably about three days. Um, and wow. it, was, it was pretty severe. It was, it was actually at the um, Junior World Cup in France. I was playing for Wales against New Zealand. And needless to say, the, the Kiwis were a bit bigger than we were. And I think four of us got concussed that day, like severely knocked out. Um, it was quite a physical game. Wow. Um, and yeah, it was a, and and so that was kind of my first uh, official experience of concussion. Yeah. And I'm finishing the game. I just didn't feel great. So I started exploring holistic practices, reading a few books, um, discovered a gentleman called Dave Asprey, who's renowned as, as the leading bio, biohacker in the world. I hate the term biohacker, but that's how he's branded himself in that movement. Um, but basically, I read his book called um, The Bulletproof Diet. And it's about a ketogenic diet, amazing for brain health, amazing for energy. And you know, I was willing to give anything a shot. So you know, read that book, implemented it. And within two weeks, it felt like a light bulb went on in my mind. And I was just thinking more clearly and my energy levels really improved as well. And that led me to just reading a few more books and connecting with some individuals. And I attended the, the first ever biohacker stroke bulletproof meetup in London. And that was in November 2017. And basically, someone there had brought a red light therapy device. And there was a, a sort of a relatively famous UK biohacker talking at the time there. And he talked about this panel and the benefits. And I was like, this sounds unbelievable and the guy dave asprey had mentioned mentioned light therapy in his book as well i just couldn't believe the benefits and so i I was like i have to get my hands on one to try and you know experience it for myself you know they were talking about reduced muscle soreness brain health energy levels better sleep um and it just ticked every box with me and so that that, that's that's where my i guess my journey started on trying to, to discover and you know use light therapy for myself wow wow um so let's let's start talking then about this light therapy. I, I, I've not really experienced much of it myself, um, and yeah. So so do you want to start off soft by just talking a little bit about it, what it is, um, and yeah, then how it's benefited you? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's good to start with with natural light, and you know our, our bodies all have a natural circadian rhythm, and that is how your body responds to the light cycles. And obviously, in the UK during the winter, you have shorter daylight hours, and in the summer, longer daylight hours. But your body will respond with specific hormones in response to that light. Um, and in fact, light is the most important factor when it comes to your sleep as well. Um, so there, there are four things that can that impact sleep, and they, and they, they light temperature, food, and exercise. But without doubt, you know, light is the most important thing. And so when you wake up in the morning, the sun is rising, you might see some red light, but then straight away you see a lot of blue light. And that blue light is really important because it tells your body it's daytime and you get an up-regulation of certain hormones, including serotonin, dopamine, but more importantly, cortisol. And this really fires you up for the day and makes you feel energized. And then around midday, blue light will peak. And that, again, is a really important circadian rhythm marker for you as well. And then throughout the afternoon, the blue light will subside into sunset where you see a lot of oranges and yellows and reds, and then obviously pitch black. And ancestrally, your body will respond to that. And your cortisol levels should drop throughout the day. 
you shouldn't see any more blue light into the evening. And then obviously when you come around to bedtime, you should see an increase in melatonin. And that's your sleep hormone that really helps you get into deep restorative sleep. Um, and again, you rinse and repeat the next day. And unfortunately, with the modern world we've created with a lot of blue light, with technology, with mobile phones, with computers and TVs, we're introducing blue light at a lot of times of the day where it's disrupting our natural hormonal panel, panels. And some, for some individuals who are chronically exposed to poor light hygiene, your body forgets what time of day it is. And if you feel lethargic in the morning, you don't really get fired up for the day, you struggle to go sleep at night, then that, that's a real telltale sign that there's something wrong in your environment that's impacting your ability for your body to sleep and your hormones. And that was me chronically throughout my 20s and early mm. 30s. I was working in the city. I was getting up in dark, getting on a tube, going to an office, didn't understand light or how it impacted me, sat in a horrible blue lit office all day. You know, I'd get home, be on my phone, watching TV. You know, it's just a typical city existence. Yeah. And I just thought I was a poor sleeper, but it would take me one to two hours to get to sleep every night. I felt lethargic every morning. I struggled to get that really like, you know, although I, I could get myself up for training sessions and matches, I just constantly felt, felt lethargic outside that. And it's all an impact of, of light. And so by attending this biohacking meetup, discovering light therapy, learning about the impacts of it. Um, you can also get glasses that help block out blue light and things like that. By introducing some very, I would say, sort of simple strategies, my sleep stats have gone through the roof. I've never felt so energized and, and sort of, you know, mentally focused as well. Um, and so coming back to your question about red light therapy and what it is. So there are receptors within all your cells that, that respond to light and red lights and near infrared light cause a specific metabolic reaction that upregulates ATP. And as you, as you know, adenosine triphosphate is the energy currency of the body. Everything you do, whether it's contracting a muscle, whether it's your heart beating, blinking, you, you know, whether it's regeneration recovery, you need ATP to, do, to perform that function. And so by increasing ATP, your body does everything better. And so that's the first benefit of red light therapy. Mm. And the second benefit is that it increases blood flow and circulation. So it actually stimulates a nitric oxide dump into your blood and that causes vasodilation. So your body, you know, that part of your body just gets flooded with, with, with oxygenated blood and micronutrient delivery, which comes with obviously the, you know, the obvious benefits. And finally, it acts as a mild stressor on your cells. And that causes the cells to become more resilient, similar to exercise. When you stress your muscle, it grows back stronger better, more resilient, your cells are the same. So your cells just get better at doing their job of you know, whatever that is, whether it's your muscle, whether it's your brain or you know, any part of your body. And they also release anti-inflammatory properties as part of that, which quell inflammation. And they're shown to be more effective than any ice therapy or cryotherapy at reducing inflammatory markers in your body. So in essence, you know, red light therapy could be the, the ultimate anti-inflammatory protocol for, for any individual. So, so that's all that's the science bit but what, what does that mean for people is, is the interesting bit and so you have to go to the clinical research trials and there are thousands of them on PubMed and things that we've researched and and you know used as the basis for creating our, our devices and so you can expect to get you know reduced muscle soreness enhanced muscle performance you can get better more rejuvenated skin younger looking skin accelerated wound healing um, reduction of you know scar tissue and things like that it's the benefits are so far reaching i could talk for hours about it mm. but you know, all of that led me to say i had to get my hands on a red light therapy device and so um i explored buying one and unfortunately at the time the only place you could buy them were in america america's definitely ahead of the curve in terms of you know performance and recovery protocols 
But unfortunately, um, at, at the time, it was a bit expensive, the import duties and things like that. It just didn't make sense. So I took it on myself to design my own relic therapy panel. Mm-hmm. And I got in touch with some suppliers. I actually found a manufacturer in China, told them the exact sort of design I wanted. I reached out to everyone in that biohacker group and said, I'm doing this. It was very transparent. I said, I'm, I'm going to design a unit for myself. Um, if anyone wants one as well, let me know. There's no comeback on me kind of thing, but I'll get you a unit and um, we'll split the import costs and the shipping. And, and that was it. So I, just, I, I four of us bought a light and I basically... Um, charged everyone just cost because there, there was no business interested at all and these lights arrived you know three or four weeks later wherever it was and literally um within days i was like i can't believe it um during my rugby career i always suffered with with doms pretty badly you know i'd be you know do a big leg day and f- for a few days afterwards i'll be wobbling around you know waddling around because my legs would be sore you know i just just really badly struggled with it for some reason and straight away my doms went i was like oh my god I'm just literally hitting the gym as hard as I always do I just got zero muscle soreness and I started sleeping better and then I was just like this this is absolutely incredible and so I reached out to the other guys who um who bought a light as well and they all had exactly the same sort of experience in that Mm. their moods were elevated they were sleeping better they felt more energized they just felt happier because they had more energy and more balanced and you know they just felt like a more whole person kind of thing and so I sort of spoke to them and said look I'm really keen to explore this further. I really see an opportunity in the UK to, to bring it to people, not only for, you know, for athletes as well, but for the general public, the health benefits of it were, were, were you know, astronomical. So we basically just wanted to, um, you know, to, to, to explore bringing it to the UK, creating a company. I actually knew potentially I couldn't do it myself because I was working full time in investment banking at the time. And so I, I sort of spoke to a few of the people and decided, you know, who wanted to collaborate with me. And one individual, Brian, said he wanted to do that. And so at that moment, end of 2017, we founded Red Light Rising. And that was uh, that was the first steps into our into our company. Wow. And um, and did you kind of see the potential in it when you first started off? Like, did you, did you kind of see it growing into what it has become now? Or did you just see it as, as, like you said in the description, as like a bit of a passion project? Or did you actually go, this could, we could be onto something here? I think, I think I knew I was onto something. I, I, you know, the, the benefits were clinically proven. I had experienced it myself. I knew, knew, knew it was had the potential to be, to really, really change the game in sports, but also in health, in health protection, you know, for health practitioners as well. And so, um, you know, I, I definitely, saw a huge amount of potential maybe i didn't think we'd get there as quickly as we did um but um we still have got a lot of barriers in the business about educating people people still don't understand the impact of light mm-hmm. and you know again given what we've been through in you know during 2020 and and you know the, the situation there the focus on health should be paramount and you know improving energy levels improving immunity improving recovery and sleep all of these things should be you know it should be the basis of health for people not relying on external you know pills or or plugs to to try and you know support things and so you know at the time, I thought, yeah, this is incredible. And I thought the general public could could really benefit from it as well. Just, mm. just the weekend warriors, people who've been injured, people who just want to improve their quality of life. Um, but the access to, to elite athletes, maybe I didn't see it happening quite as quickly. But yeah, the, the last 12 months have been pretty phenomenal in terms of the individuals we're working with and the teams who are now adopting uh, the protocols that we're advising. Yeah, it's amazing that you've, you've already got three out of the six teams in the six nations using your devices that's that's incredible is that like an individual level or is it something you've 
you know that you've approached the teams or so, so we're, we're in discussions with all the teams at the moment actually wow. um for the especially for the world cup around the corner people yeah. are looking to in, in get their recovery protocols locked in ready for that um but england rugby used our lights for the autumn internationals and the six nations in their camp so they had a relatively big setup um and then the other um, home nations in particular have got individual players um who are using our kit and th- we, we weren't quite quick enough to get in for the six nations i think because because of covid and a few other things mm. that were delaying opportunities to speak to teams that um we um we've got individuals using them uh but yeah we haven't quite broken into the the, the sort of the team environment yet we're, we're in discussions but it's all it's all you know happening at the moment which is pretty exciting mate that's amazing and and for the, for those that are not maybe aware of the benefits of things of recovery like why why is recovery and sleep so important like just the basics of it mm, and absolutely so so i would say you know sleep is recovery at the end of the day that's mm. when your body sort of goes into its restorative recovery mode it releases a number of hormones including growth hormone that help invigorate your body to recover regenerate uh, and rebuild tissue and if you're not entering that that deep sleep phase you're going to be missing out on that. And that probably was why I was suffering with so much um, delayed onset and muscle soreness because I wasn't getting deep sleep. My body was never actually fully recovering. And so whenever I trained or played, I'd be sore for for several days afterwards Mm. and because I wasn't getting deep sleep because I was disrupting my, my ability to sleep with my light exposure. Um, and so I think it's, um, it's, it's it's absolute paramount. You know, when we talk to England, when we talk to all these international teams, when we talk to, you know, we've been speaking to Anthony Joshua as well. And when we speak to these individuals, they're all focused on sleep. That is the number one thing they all want to focus on. Mm. Um, and so before you even talk about what training sessions they're doing, what weights you're lifting, anything, how do we improve sleep? What is it? And that was probably one of the most rewarding things when we spoke to the England camp was that all the players, literally like all of them said 100% feedback, amazing sleep that's the first thing i noticed they used the lights right. boom they got amazing sleep that night just mm-hmm. by balancing their light environment having a little bit of education around how to tweak things in your home environment just to make sure you're getting optimal light environments to maximize your recovery and sleep nice and what, what are some of those environments that that home environment hacks as it were that that, that you normally try and educate mm. people with so without, without a doubt, you know, again, think about the natural light cycle of the sun and you want to basically replicate that in your environment. And it's, I guess it's easier said than done. And we all live in this blue lit world. So we've got white LEDs, you've got white screens, you've got all these things around you. So the first thing you should do is, is install filters on your computer and your phone. They're free to use that strip out blue light after sunset and that means you can still kind of look at your devices there'll be some impact but you're you're, you're already taking big steps to marginal you know quite significant gains not just marginal gains the second thing i do is i've got these blue blocking glasses and so these are our day glasses but we have also have these red lens glasses that filter out blue light and so as the sun sets you just got to slip on your glasses and again your eyes are protected from any blue light exposure mm. and that means you can still watch tv you can still go about your evening routine without worrying about compromising your quality of sleep and i'd say that's probably the easiest thing you can do um, to improve your sleep and recovery and the second thing is obviously if you've got white leds just don't put them on try and install um low level lighting because again that's more less offensive to your body your body receives signals from 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 the light above because that's obviously where the sun is and ancestrally that's where your body will receive that signal so by having lower level lamps having incandescent bulbs having 
or red lit bulbs. I've got red red painted bulbs I bought from Amazon for a couple of quids in my bedside lamps and things because red light will not disrupt melatonin negatively. Mm. So so therefore have these low level lighting around your house. And again, that automatically then will, will then help your body prime for sleep. But another important thing is that it actually takes 12 hours for your body to prime melatonin. And a lot of people don't know that. They think it's just about the evening routine. But my my sleep routine starts from the moment I wake up. And that's because I need to prepare my body for sleep. In that 12-hour window, you need to initiate it. And so you initiate that process by getting blue light exposure. So the first thing you should do every morning, get outside, look at the sky, absorb that, that information for your body. And I think the minimum effective dose is about 15 minutes. So for 15 minutes, you should think about being outside, go for a walk, just get that blue light exposure into your eyes. And that will then prime your body for 12 hours time to, to release that melatonin as long as you don't disrupt it with that negative blue light exposure. So, so I think that those, those three key factors are probably the most important things you, you can focus on quite quickly and easily to remediate your sleep. It's so interesting. And, and, and it's, it should be so basic because I think I, I heard you say in the podcast, like years and years and years ago, we're talking hundreds and thousands yeah. of years ago, we didn't have all these lights. We didn't have all these blue lights, like, like you mentioned. Um, can you just talk us a little bit about the, the, the difference between those lights, the blue light and the, the red light and, and things like that? So I'm, I'm quite interested in, in, yeah, just learning a little yeah, sure. bit about that. So, so blue light is very much a short, high-energy wavelength light. Um, yeah. And so, uh, as we've discussed, you get that a lot in the day, and it does stimulate energy. It can help with focus. It can help with a lot of positive things. Mm. But it's just the chronic overexposure where the negative stuff arrives. So, you know, blue light also, you know, just, just a general fact, but it doesn't penetrate your skin. So it actually bounces off your skin. You know, that's why the sea looks blue is because the light reflects off it. Mm. And the blue light does. Whereas red light, which is a much more longer wavelength, it actually is absorbed by the body. So red light can penetrate up to a centimeter into your skin. And then near infrared light, which also is in our devices, can penetrate five centimeters into your skin. And so that's that's why you're getting the deeper benefits into your body, into the bed of your muscles, to your organs, to your brain. And so that allows the body to respond to that light in, in the, you know, the mechanisms that we've discussed. Um, and that's, the, that's kind of the key differences between those two types of light. Mm. A lot of people have questions about like you know, the infrared spectrum as well. And the infrared spectrum is quite wide. So the near infrared light has been shown to have the same benefits as red light, but at a deeper penetration. And that's why all our light devices have red and near infrared light. Um, but then the far infrared is what you find in infrared saunas. And that causes a vibration of the cells that causes um, detox release, but also heat to be released. So far infrared light is the heat you feel from the sun. And that's what you get in a sauna. And that's what causes your body to increase heat and start sweating. Whereas mm -hmm. the knee infrared is slightly warming, but it, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a different mechanism. That's so interesting. And, and how's, where does this, like, like, I think you mentioned sunlight, but where does sunlight, come into the equation of of, of these um, wavelengths and frequencies and stuff? And how does that mm. sunlight, are you trying to replicate that with these red lights or, or is it? That's well, a really good obviously question. Obviously it is different, but yeah. is, it, is it you're trying to replicate the sun or? You're absolutely right. I mean, in essence, yes, we are trying to replicate the sun, right. uh, but only, only the, the narrow wavelengths that yeah. are positive for you. So the sun emits all 
wavelengths of light. So obviously you're getting your blue light, you're getting your red light, you're getting your ambers and other colors. You're also getting infrared, you're getting UV light as well. We know about UVB, how that synthesizes vitamin D in your skin. So you're getting a full spectrum of light from the sun. So we've narrowed in on the specific wavelengths of light, which are the red and near infrared that cause a specific biological reaction. And so our devices are very much tailored and third-party tested to confirm that they are the exact wavelengths we want. Um, and there's, there's, I won't go into too much detail, but there's a specific wavelength in the red and the near infrared that all our devices have that are proven to be the highest um, bang for your buck in terms of return for ATP, the anti-inflammation, the increased cellular activity. Yeah. So we've designed our devices around the optimal structure to make sure that they are providing the maximum benefit. And y- you are right, you could go out in the sunshine and get all the red light you want as well. But the problem is that you're going to be exposed to other rays you know rays of, of light as well and mm-hmm. so you know chronic exposure to uv light may not be the best for certain skin types with the burn risk and other, other you know chronic mm-hmm. exposure um and so we've just also been able to increase the intensity so i think the, the the sun emits a red light intensity of about 10 milliwatts per centimeter squared whereas our devices max out at around 100 so we've 10 times the exposure and so you could sit in the sun for hours or all day and get a very similar exposure similar benefit to our lights but then you've got other consequences as well or you could spend 10 minutes in front of our lights and then you're getting the optimal amount of dosage of light to instill those biological reactions Mm. and so i guess that's quite a good lead into how to use our lights so you know i'm not sure if you if your listeners might have been on our website but again if you want to look at some devices you can go to relicrising.co.uk have a look and basically we have devices that are kind of like fist size that are kind of more targeted we've got a target light it's called which is very much for localized treatment and then we've got a, a variety of different panel sizes, whether they're half body, full body, or just, just total body exposure. We've got lights you can connect together to create a wall of light. And that's really like the optimal setup for the for the elite athletes who are looking for total body exposure. Um, and so ideally, you want to be between 15 and 50 centimeters from the light. And again, the closer you are, the more intense the light will be the further away you are, the less intense. And that means if you're really close, you need a shorter treatment time. If you're further away, you may need a longer treatment time because it's about the amount of energy you're accumulating. Mm. So we say for the deeper benefits for the athletes, you want to be about 20 centimeters from the light. And that gives you a bit more intensity, a bit deeper penetration. And literally within 10 to 15 minutes, that's your optimal treatment time. But again, because the light penetrates five centimeters, you need to do the front of your body and the back um, and that's why for especially in the rfu camp we actually had a setup where it was a standing pod of a sandwich effect and the player stood in the middle and it just meant they didn't have to turn around it optimized the treatment time that they only had to do the 10 to 12 minutes and then they were done they didn't have to turn around or worry about it and we had a total body um setup for them and that's probably the the, the best way to approach it really um, when people ask us what lights to buy we always say you go, you go to the max of your budget, but obviously we're selling lights. We would say that, but why would you limit the benefits to one localized joint? So if you had had a shoulder operation like I had, and I was treating my my shoulder with it to reduce inflammation, reduce pain, you could do that with a target light, which is a small tailored device. But then I'm missing out on benefits to my brain, benefits to my body. I could be optimizing my whole body's recovery and energy systems by having a total body exposure. So although mm-hmm. the localized treatments are really effective and they work, we'll always say, just go for as much as you can get because you'd get maximum benefit from having your whole body exposed. Mm. Mate, that's so interesting. It's, um, 
Mate, it's awesome to hear you talk about it so passionately as well. Um, but, but I suppose a, a question came into my mind while I was listening to you there. Well, the last few few answers was, you know, what, what's it like running your own business and, and, you know, talking about this stuff that you're passionate about on a daily basis compared to um, your life before as, as, as a working in financial services? Not saying that you maybe didn't enjoy that, but like, what, what's, what's yeah. the, the difference between your life now to, you know, the living in London, working in, in the office and all that kind of stuff? Like, yeah, talk, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. And so, although I, I guess I enjoyed my career to a certain extent, it was t- very time consuming. You know, I'd be up at the crack of dawn and get back to late at night. And, you know, your life was very much controlled by someone else. Um, and although it was a great career, and I've, I've enjoyed it. Um, as you said, you know, I've always been into sport, always been into health, always been passionate about it. And to actually be able to, you know, to enjoy it and talk about it more readily and have talk connected with more passionate people in this you know in in this sector mm-hmm. other companies athletes it's been it's, it's really is just like a second lease of life i'd say to actually really enjoy that and you know you actually enjoy kind of the process of, of working on the business um i don't know if you know but i actually still work full-time in, in investment banking so I'm, I'm transitioning myself out of that oh, at the moment oh, right, okay right. Um, and so my business partner is full-time in the business and um and we've got a team as well so we, we've actually recruited uh, a couple of individuals uh, agencies in the uk and we've also got a team in the philippines that we set up that manage customer service order management fulfillment and stock management as well so and they do a lot of the um a lot of reporting and kind of information generation for us as well and i think that's been critical in order for me to ma- to be able to, to still have a career which which obviously I've, as i mentioned i'll be phasing out at some point but also being able to run this company that's just grown exponentially mm. it's having a good team my, my business partner is fantastic a guy called brian and he's really hands-on really smart guy and he does a lot of the work as well um but, but having our team as well having a good team good processes set up um it, it really does make a big difference um and, and people say oh, all right so you've got you know a, a team it must cost a lot but it's, it's that's the beauty of the you know the global you know you know this opportunity to work internationally is that you can hire a very sort of you know i would say high performing team in the philippines for a fraction of the cost you could in the uk and mm-hmm. you're supporting a local country you know a country that hasn't got the same opportunities as the uk as well mm. and so you're paying a fraction of the salary which actually is a good wage in that locality um but um but at the same time you're able to provide great service to to your your clients as well because the culture in the philippines is so strong it's such a good friendly open um, hard-working culture as well that it's a really good fit um, for our business as well because we want these individuals to be passionate about health as well we want them to want to educate and talk about it and when people come write to us with questions they need to know what they're talking about as well mm. and so by working with these you know these individuals in these, in these offshore locations not every location will work but without that the philippines has been a, a big success for us yeah, cool wow i didn't i didn't realize you were still working full-time how how are you juggling all of this it's amazing as I say, it's having good people around you is, is, is critical yeah. to that. And so, um, you know, my business partner is instrumental in that, having the support of my wife as well. Obviously, as you know, I've become a dad as well uh, last year. And so it's it's been busy, but in, ensuring we've got a good How's team. How's your sleep been with the, with the little ones around? <laughs> I, I was actually saying to my wife yesterday that I, I got into a really good place with my sleep um, at the end of 2019. I, we, we just moved house as well to the Midlands. We, we, been working on a renovation project um really you know it was just a 
in a really good place in that front. And then, um, you know, my daughter arrived, who is, who's an absolute, she's amazing. She's an absolute bundle of joy. And um, my wife and I are completely infatuated with her. But unfortunately, her sleep isn't the best. And she does wake up every one to two hours, every night, all the wow. way through the night. And so that has been a big challenge. So um, it, it's been difficult to get sort of high quality durations of sleep. But it's amazing though, still by using um, the protocols respecting your light hygiene so if my daughter wakes up which we were up three three or four times last night throughout the night mm. i will put on my glasses i'll put my blue blocking glasses we've got red lighting if needs be but you know i'm really diligent about making sure i respect my light hygiene yeah. and my wife can be infuriated sometimes because i'll go to sleep straight away <laughs> you'll fall straight back to sleep and i think by respecting your light hygiene by having you know your blue blockers by you know making sure you've got correct lighting around your house, having red lighting as opposed to, you know, blue lighting in, in, the, in the rooms when you want to flip on the light at 3 a.m. in the morning, mm. you're not going to disrupt that melatonin production. And it does mean you do get back to sleep a lot quicker. So I, I track my sleep with an aura ring. I've oh, done that cool. since, um, since 2018. Mm. And when I first started tracking, I was getting on average six minutes of deep sleep. And that's probably like reflective of the position where I was in my life then you know I didn't really understand what I was doing with within terms of optimizing sleep and then end of 2019 I was averaging an hour 10 hour 20 which actually bang on for someone of my age and even I would say in the last year with the disruptions I'm getting I'm probably still averaging like 45 50 minutes of deep sleep which again is, is phenomenal compared to where I was yeah. and considering the disruptions I'm having it's still actually a really probably good place to be and so there's you know there's a lot i actually wrote a blog on it for my site because i was so happy with my my deep sleep stats that i thought gotta tell more parents about this because <laughs> it's critical that you know they yeah, have yeah. that support to know that you can still get you know sort of support your health even though you're devoting yourself to to looking after a little one mm. and you're obviously entering this world soon so you, you know you've got to, um, yeah 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 got get yourself ready three four months to go so brilliant um, so yeah i'll probably be picking your brains again at some point to get some more tips <laughs> yeah um I, I remember listening to one of your podcasts recently and and i just want to talk a little bit more about your your home environment i think you you labeled it the biohacker house you've uh, <laughs> i think that was one of the terms that you used which i thought was quite quite funny but um but you, you said it was a, a, re a renovation project did you say so, yeah but yeah do you want to tell us a little bit about that about that yeah, sure. So, so again, you know, my wife and I, want, we wanted to move back to close to family, to so her family from the Midlands. So um, we bought a house in Solihull, um, which needed total renovation, you know, needed complete modernization and everything done to it, basically. And so I took it as an opportunity to instill some, I would say, some, some entry level things you can do to really support your health. And so, you know, you got to look at what you're doing every day and what, what small things can you change that really have a big impact without too much effort. Mm. And, the, and the one thing of that that I thought was really impactful was installing a water filter. So mm. we've got a whole house water filtration system that strips out all chemicals, all kind of bacteria, all kind of hormones that might be in the water. And so that means you're drinking and showering in clean water. Your, your skin is your biggest organ and you do absorb what you shower in as well. So a lot of people have under-counter water filters to drink for drink water, but then in the shower water, you're using there's still full of chemicals and negative you know, things associated with that and a lot of skin conditions can be caused by the chemicals in the water that you're showering in um so by having a water filter again it wasn't that expensive but having a whole house filtration system installed that's a, a really easy win so wherever you go now you're getting clean water 
Um, a lot of people are on the fence about EMFs and the impacts, but you know, without a doubt, the literature that I've read about these um, EMFs, which are you know electromagnetic fields caused by where it's mobile phones, whether it's um, you know handheld phones as well in your your landline, um, cordless phones that is, whether it's you're looking at your your, your wiring and stuff like that around your house. Um, research is showing that it is a biological impact and it does actually disrupt your body's ability to produce um, energy, but also there's some negative uh, links to some other diseases and things and, and conditions that you people you know may want to be aware about. Mm. Um, but basically, I wanted to minimize EMF exposure in the house. So I've actually wired internet throughout the whole house. So we've got a router which is actually switched off for Wi-Fi. And I've wired internet throughout the house. So again, we've got PCs in my office at the moment, my wife's and mine. They wired into the wall, so again, you get not only do you get fast internet access. I'm not mm. being blasted by a Wi-Fi signal all day, which has you know. I think there's some studies that show if you were, if you carry a mobile phone in your pocket, your your jean pocket, you reduce your fertility and your sperm count by by something like seventy percent or something ridiculous within a few hours. You mm. actually deplete your sperm, you know, the quality of your sperm. So there's um, a lot of information around that around that, and I really wanted to make sure that we had a good environment that really just promoted health energy happiness at the end of the day um, and so that was a really good thing I, th- I thought to do is to have wide internet um, and we've actually bought a um a, it's called a healthy router but basically it reduces the ping rate although the, the down- download rates are the same it reduces the biological impact by 90 percent and it also turns off the wi-fi if no one's connected to it it just shuts off so if you're not using it it turns itself off. So we've got this healthy router that apparently is a, is a better option to use as well. So we can still use Wi-Fi if we want, because obviously we don't want to be too data heavy on our phones kind of thing. Mm. Um, also, light is so important. So again, we've installed you know low-level lighting everywhere, healthy light bulbs, loads of natural daylight is, uh, is around the house as well. We've got big bifold. The whole back of the house is pretty much glass with bifold doors and French doors. And so again, getting access to that natural light um, and also natural airflow as well. You should be sort of refreshing the air in your house every few days to make sure you're breathing clean, oxygenated um, air as well. So that was something else we thought about. Yeah, and obviously, sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, the home gym is uh, is is guess my my dojo. So yeah, to make sure we got the, all the kit I need. So I've got an outdoor pull up rig to make sure I can do some working out outdoors to to again get that light exposure, yeah. set the circadian rhythm, and work out at the same time. That's probably the optimal setup. But I've also got some you know, Olympic bar and rack in my in my garage as well, just to make sure I can fit in the occasional workout. Yeah. Um, working out is really important, but I think daily mobility is probably more important than that and that's kind of like mm. promotes more health if you can build movement and different things into your life that's that's the more sustainable than smashing yourself in the gym for 20 minutes every day and i think there's more clinical evidence showing that that promotes more longevity so again in my office i've got a standing desk i'm standing now i, I never sit down when i'm working so I'm, mm. I'm constantly standing up moving my feet moving side to side um, I also recently invested in a walking treadmill so I can, I've got a folding wow. treadmill that I fold out and I'll, you know, go on that for one, maybe two hours a day just to get an extra seven, 8,000 steps. Yeah. Um, and then I've also got a couple of kettlebells on the floor, which I'll pick up and just, again, just, just activating muscles, mm-hmm. stimulating that blood flow and just making sure I'm staying active throughout the day. And I found like throughout my rugby career, I had a really bad lower back, just constantly tight, constantly, you know, um, in pain, really. And I used to struggle mm. the day after a game. I'd be like really sort of immobile. And since I've been standing up constantly, back pain's gone. My hips are so much like more relaxed and like, you know, mm. in a better alignment. And also just um, 
just generally I find it easy to focus as well when I'm standing up as opposed to sitting down. So that's been a really, you know, maybe not easy because you have to think about your setup to get everything right for the standing desk, but it's been a really easy introduction. And I'd say something that people should think about when they're at home. And in fact, I, I work with some individuals that that have a, an ironing board and they put their laptop on it. And it means they can sit on the floor, they can stand up with it and they just nice. change the, the height of the ironing yeah, board. Yeah. And again, it's just easy ways of adapting your environment to make sure you can stay active, stay moving and just like, just make sure you're maximizing that, that blood flow throughout your body. Mm. Mate, that's, that's awesome. I'm, I'm very aware of, of, of a lot of the things that you talked about there, but I think there's a, most the majority of the people especially in the uk are not even aware of the effects of light they're not even aware of the effects of um emfs they're not even aware of the quality of water that comes out of a tap um like it it's it's how, how have you kind of found your message go down with people in the uk do they believe it are they just like oh the, this guy's some you know tim foil hat wearing you know snake snake oil sales salesman type you know thing but yeah i'm 100 with you with all these things but i've i've personally yeah Mm. i have come across quite a lot of resistance and a a lot of like people looking at you like what are you talking about my mobile phone is potentially not that great for my health or like you say Mm. wi-fi or or lights these 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 modern things that are so ingrained in our culture now Mm. Like people people don't even question whether or not actually are these doing us harm or yeah like what's right. your, your take on that so, so people want to want to be able to trust the system i guess and and yeah until you hit rock bottom or until there's a defining moment people don't really question it mm. um but but without a doubt there's there's there has been resistance um and when you talk about light people are like nah you know just just it's hard to believe but but the clinical research is there and so you know we can refer people to thousands of studies proving the benefits the the biological mechanisms are factual when light interacts Mm. with your body this is what happens so you know we are trying to educate people but that's that's taking time and we, you know, I think especially in elite sport, it's only been very, very recently that people have started opening their mind up to it. Mm. Um, there's one or two individuals that we've been working with for years. So I think Keen Healy, the Irish prop, he actually got in touch with us 2018. Like he was the first person to get oh, in touch. Cool. And was like, nice. I, I want to like, you know, I want to like you know, learn more about this. It sounds mm. amazing. And so he's been using light therapy for, you know, for the last three years and, and loving it as well. Yeah. And so, you know, th- this, it's definitely a lot of resistance and definitely a lot of education needs to happen. Mm. Um, as we've kind of mentioned, most of it is free. Like most of the stuff you can do to improve your health is free. Day morning yeah. exposure, look after your night, light, your night light exposure, get yeah. better sleep. Don't carry your mobile phone in your pocket. Or if you do just put it on airplane mode, you know, just while you're walking around, mm. there's so much you can do to, to sort of help your health. Um, but that education in the UK right now is, is definitely lacking and, and mm. people can be, you know, pretty aggressive if they don't like what they're hearing they can like you know on social media we get quite a lot of negative comments from people mm, saying I bet, yeah. you know, as you said snake oil or yeah, um, like yeah. you just got you got a, a, 
as with most things in life, you just got to embrace it with love and just say, right, that's fine. That's your position. But here's the information. And when you're ready to talk about this, I'll talk to you about it. And, and we give people the opportunity to talk to myself and Brian sometimes to, to basically educate them and say, look, this is what you could learn about. We direct people to resources. We're, we're not like a salesy company. We actually try and tell people more holistically what they can do to improve their health. Mm. Red light therapy will be a part of that. Yeah. But again, why don't you think about intermittent fasting? Why don't you think about the ketogenic diet or a low carb diet? Why don't you think about these things that are you know, relatively easy introductions that really do have a big impact on your, your ability to, to perform and, and feel good each day? Mm, yeah. And, and, and like, like you suggested earlier with the little pre-sleep routines and the, and mm. the hygiene around the house, around lights and um, yeah, just being aware of that circadian rhythm. Like I can guarantee there's a lot of people who hadn't even heard that term before, um, which is sad <laughs> yeah. because it's a fundamental part of um, living a healthy life and being a healthy human being. But that, that information, unfortunately, is mm. not out there in, in, the, in the mainstream. And yeah, it's, it's certainly a frustration of mine that we don't see more of the, 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 the benefits of, like you say, the free stuff mm. that we can do. Um, like you look at the last... 12 months and I, I I bang my head against the wall some days it's just like I haven't hardly seen any information on the mm. mainstream around how you can boost your own health and and this that and the other it is it is frustrating you know from this place yeah. as a health coach and um but but yeah but, but I think I picked up on a point there where you said that you know unless you've kind of hit rock bottom or you've you know you know you've maybe had a health challenge you don't mm. actually then go out to, to to look for for these remedies or these other alternatives um you like you say you yeah. just get kind of lost in the system or 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 whatever so no it's it's so interesting and um mate, it's, it's it's awesome to hear how much of an impact this has had um on like for you and 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 obviously all these sports stars now that are coming through did you say you've worked with anthony joshua as well uh, it's, it's unofficial but yeah he, we, oh, right, we've got okay. um images of him posted on yeah, social I media using our glasses with the, with the with the fancy glasses yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah did you design them you've always been quite a stylish guy was that did you have a, a say in the design in them glasses you're far i i think you're misguided with your memory on that point <laughs> never been that stylish but amazingly i am um, I, I actually did design the glasses <laughs> oh you did oh amazing yeah. nice. um so, so i just just you know obviously got a number of samples in um yeah. and i guess th these are our kind of like our flagship glasses and i wanted to bring yeah, something yeah. quite different to market yeah. and so all our glasses have nylon lenses which are basically the most high performance lens you can get right. um it means they're like more resistant more resilient and they've also got some flexibility in them as well whereas mm. a, lot of, a lot of other companies either use like a plastic some use a glass but then with the glass obviously there's there's, there's risks around using glass and the weight mm. um, but nylon combines the benefits of everything um in a premium feel as well and then these glasses also have a titanium frame which again like titanium is used by the military it's used by nasa it's, it's super lightweight super strong but also has some flexibility as well and so we've got these titanium nylon lens and like they feel like nothing else i've ever put on my face and so i'm like totally in love with them wow. then we also have some more entry level i guess not you know not entry level but like more cost effective options in an acetate frame or a stainless steel frame and we've got more ranges coming out soon as well but um one thing that we wanted to do as well was, was create um, technology for kids to use. So we've got kids' glasses coming out soon as well because 
um, in a lot of schools, the lighting is so poor, and kids nowadays mm. have uh, like you know a lot of them struggle with focus just because just because the lighting's high energy, mm. flickering blue light is stimulating and hitting them all day. And actually, there's a lot of studies showing that that can cause. ADHD and these behavioral problems and you put kids in a, in a better light environment with natural daylight exposure as well mm. and straight away they start behaving better mm. um, and again I think you know, I don't want to stop people playing video games and like using technology because I think it's, it's good to switch off sometimes and it's good to have access to information and connections but again just by putting these glasses on kids can still you know watch that movie or play a video game and they're not going to compromise their ability to go to sleep at night and mm -hmm. you know i think it's a really easy win so that's something that brian and myself are looking mm -hmm. at at the moment is designing some kid-friendly glasses that you know you know we'll have to obviously consult with some 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 of our friends children about what they want to see and how they want yeah, them to yeah, look yeah. and feel but we'll um we'll be bringing them out soon to try and help as many parents as possible have kids who sleep better feel yeah. better and you know have some education around it as well why have i got away these are oh, the lights the circadian rhythm and that mm. leads on to the the education piece as well yeah man, i think that's key like just just that starts a conversation why do i need to wear these or why why is it good to wear these glasses or why why yeah. you know get one of these red lights like what's that about and then it's boom then you you actually open that dialogue with the ed education and i think that's so so critical that mm. you know people are educated on 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 health um, because, yeah, we have designed this new world, which is full of all these things that we don't really know or understand the impact of them. So, so no, yeah. it's, 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 it's awesome. And, um, and yeah, I suppose just to, um, to, to kind of bring it back um, to the, the, the rugby, um, like out, out of all the practices that you've um, talked about today, um, as, as, say for a rugby player listening or a retired rugby player listening, what, what kind of number one tool would you say, um, you know, could help them with recovery um, out, mm. out of everything we spoke about today? So, so I think a really key topic about recovery is around brain recovery as well. And I think, mm. you know, we, we did touch on it earlier, but I think you know, if you've played a contact sport, you, you, you're going to have sustained some sort of traumatic brain injury at some point. And not all concussions result in blackout events. Um, in fact, the most common concussion happens in a car at four miles an hour. And, and you think how slow that is. In rugby, we have an impact training sessions, matches. You know, you're doing 20 tackles a game. You know, you, you're going to sustain multiple concussions in, in a game and training sessions. And so for players leaving the game, um, I, I think... You Wingers know, never do 20 tackles a game, do they? I, mean, I was a new breed of winger. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so I think Alex Popper Alex Popper has just released a, a new charity called Heads for Change and he's trying to promote awareness and support for athletes who've left the professional game who've mm. sustained some sort of neurological impact and a lot of these players go undiagnosed because I think there's a culture in rugby that you just man up and you get on with it and that's that yeah. needs to change because at the end of the day this is this is important stuff and it can really affect the quality of life in the future and I'm really happy to see all these concussion protocols and HIA tests and there's more happening and, and more can be done as well um, but I think Alex counted out that he had over 100,000 concussions in his career and I thought that was astronomical and he's in a position now where he's been diagnosed with early onset of dementia mm. and he's early 40s. Is he part of that group that's um part of, is, there, is there like a lawsuit going on or something? Yeah that's right he is part of that yeah so against the the, a lot of the, um, the, the governing bodies in rugby mm. um, and so 
so he, he basically has been told he'll be in a care home in his 50s, basically, because his his neurological g- g- generation is so far ahead of, of what it should be. Mm. And they're linking it to obviously the impacts he had in rugby. And there's there's, there's obviously dozens of guys in that lawsuit and as yeah. but i'm more focused on the charity and like you know how can we support them and educate them so um at red light rising we've actually written a concussion protocol which is in the finishing stages at the moment it's going to be released in the next couple of weeks oh, and wow. we've basically cool. looked at the most recent literature because the, the the neuroscientists out there who are working with alex have basically said there's not a lot you can do just you know bit of exercise mm. mediterranean diet just you know because that's what's traditionally they've been told to do and that's what they've learned in med school and um, mm. you know, they are doing a great job supporting him but there's still more you can do i think i feel mm. and so we've reviewed all the literature um out there and we've devised 12 protocols people can follow red light therapy is definitely one of those protocols but we've put it as a level two so level one's the free stuff easy stuff do this first yeah, yeah, yeah. level two red light therapy is definitely on there because it can improve the blood flow and oxygenation to your blood it helps regenerate synapses uh, within your brain it actually can help your brain function a lot better and improve executive function um and, and a lot more on that fact but again we've devised this this protocol to help support brain health and i think for anyone leaving rugby you need to, to to be honest with yourself and say right you know how am i neurologically how is my brain performing how do i feel in myself because again these changes don't happen overnight but you may notice you go in yourself a little bit you struggle with focus you're struggling with sleep but and, and the experts may say you there's nothing you can do to improve that but there is think there are things that move the dart significantly, mm. um, and so by just 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 being aware of it and actually having that conversation with people to decide is you know should I look into this a little bit more? Should I consider adopting a periodic ketogenic diet, which actually which is proven proven to be neurologically protective and help regenerate neurons again? So the keto diet I think is an amazing tool people can do, which is again something free look after your sleep, look after your water. Have I got, you know, have I got a toxic burden on my body that I didn't know about? Have I got metal fillings? Have I got other things going on that actually are causing a burden on my body, impeding my ability to, to perform and recover? Um, so, so, so I think that's probably my, my advice to a rugby player leaving, you know, have that honest conversation with yourself and with your loved ones and say, do I need to think about this and implement a few things just as a preventative strategy as well. Mm. Um, and that, that sort of information wasn't available throughout our careers. It, it, you know, no one's ever said anything to me about it. So I've had to do it all off my own back, mm. do all the research myself and using my team. And again, you know, this concussion protocol, we're going to release it for free. It's going to be given out to the public. Whoever wants to see it, you can see it and use it. Mm. And again, it's going to have these stages of things you should think about introducing in your life level one is the easy access dietary sleep water a few other bits and bobs cold therapy is really good as well Mm. level two is a bit more investment required whether it's buying things investment in protocols a bit more time and level three i'd say probably has you know some very good research behind it but maybe is a bit more experimental in that you've got a you know a bit more invasive you might have to inject certain peptides into your system or consider taking um lion's mane mushroom for example which mm-hmm. is proven to be neuroprotective and form help neurogenesis as well so all these things when you put it together is going to move the dial maybe only one or two percent on each of the protocols put them all together though i think we're going to see some really material improvements in people's quality of life yeah definitely mate that's awesome and i 100 agree that um that people have got a lot more power than they realize when it comes to you know, managing health and, and, you know, also recovering from, from injuries 
whether that's brain injuries or shoulder or knee or, or whatever. Um, it's just about getting out there and, and speaking to people that have, yeah. yeah, have tried something different, it, you know, because often the, the traditional um, ways of, of dealing with things aren't always going to get results. Um, yeah. Like you say, the doctor may say one thing, um, but that's not necessarily 100% true or, or definitely going to happen. I, I think there's definitely scope to yeah. empower people again with these practices, with some of these things that you talked about to regain that, that, that control of, of the health. Because I, I think you're right, in the rugby community, there's probably thousands, maybe even millions of yeah. rugby players, former rugby players out there that are you know, just living with it and just getting on with it and just thinking, oh, I've just, I've, I've played rugby, my body's broken, my head's not feeling great, but I'm just going to have to live with it now because that's the way it is. But yeah, I don't think that's necessarily the case. What, what Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that having a community access as well. So, so Alex Popham set up this, this Facebook group as well, which the, he's inviting, you know, women and men from from all sports actually are invited into it and um, but it's somewhere where people are sharing information sharing mm. experiences and you, people don't may, may not know but if you get a number of concussions then it actually can change who you are as a person because you're mm. chemically changing your brain does things differently processes information and chemicals differently um, and some of these individuals are you know some of them are, are literally at the brink of, of you know taking their own life because they're in such yeah. a bad place yeah. and Previously, they didn't have that support. They didn't know mm -hmm. anything about it. They didn't have an official diagnostic because, again, there isn't that that support isn't there in the, in the mainstream. Mm -hmm. And so, by having access to this community now, they can talk to people, share their experience, and again, I'll be putting out all my information into that community as well. And mm -hmm. we're going to offer free consultations as well. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I just think I just think I want to give back as much as I can because. I personally felt the benefits from making you know two or three minor changes into my mm. life in, in terms of my brain performance and how I feel in myself. Yeah. I think we could really help so many more players as well. So, you know, we're going to be putting that information there and hopefully like, you know, people are receptive, but again, I don't want to be information overload, but we're going to be there to answer questions as well. We're not just going to dump things on people. Yeah, yeah. We're going to try and provide the support. And again, I've, I've made sure that I've gone through all these protocols that we've advised as well. I know the benefits I've had. I can talk about ex you know, firsthand experience mm -hmm. of, of, of taking some of these, these products. And again, you can, there are most of them, I, th I think 90% of them are over the counter stuff. You can just pick up where, you know, at most health stops shops as well. Mm. Um, but some of the more kind of more technical stuff, I can again, provide that guidance and support to individuals. Mate. Great. Great. Mm. Mate, I could see the passion about this stuff. It's oozing out of you. It's so refreshing. It's amazing. And, um, you know, it's why I started this podcast is to have these conversations because I, I I'm equally, you know, is passionate about getting this message out there to people mm. and giving people that empowerment. And it's, um, yeah, because there is so many things that you can do and a lot of them free that that's going to help somebody feel better on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really great um, advice and response there. I know that question was a while ago and we went on a bit of a tangent, but that's all good. It was amazing. So, so what, what's the one thing that you found to be most impactful for your health post-rugby and, in how you feel oh good question um i'm not expecting questions back <laughs> but um but mate for me is has been getting into um meditation and and breath work and yoga to be honest um mm. just that experience of being able to slow down um mm. 
you know, from playing rugby and even retiring from rugby after that bad knee injury that I had, I just was so on the go and so busy, 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 busy all the time. I probably never, never gave my body or my mind a chance to slip into that, you know, that mm. parasympathetic state where it has an opportunity to recover and to rest. Yeah. I was so wired and so busy all the time. So when I started to slow down, that's when I really started to notice the, the benefit of, um, of, of those practices and, and, and improve um, improvements with my body, my movement in my body, the way my body felt and how mm. I felt mentally was just, was, was just learning to sit in that slowness and that uncomfortableness at the start <clears throat> of meditation. When you try and just sit down and, you know, yeah. just try and relax, it's hard. You're like, right, I'm, I'm used to doing stuff. So when you're not doing stuff, it's, it was a, yeah, it was challenging, but yeah, that's, that's definitely been the biggest one for me. And, mm. um, and yeah, but I'm really interested in this red light um, therapy. I, I'll have to check that out. It sounds really interesting. Definitely going to read a little bit more into it and um, yeah, study it a little bit more. So thank you, James. I've got two more questions before we wrap up. I know we're, we're, we're coming up to about an hour. Um, so again, coming back to the, 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 the rugby angle, or maybe it's not going to necessarily talk about rugby, but, to the 18-year-old you, the 18-year-old rugby player, um, maybe you're, you're just breaking into that uh, Wales squad at under-18s or, or, or whatnot, um, what advice would you give that 18-year-old you? That's a really good question. Um, so I, th I think when I was growing up, I was always scared to ask questions and I was scared to go to the, you know, the most experienced or successful individual. I just didn't want to take their time. And maybe that was something I had in myself that, you know, self-worth at the time, maybe, but yeah. don't be scared to ask questions by finding the person who's walked the path you want to walk, mm -hmm. align yourself to them, copy them, follow them, learn from them. Mm -hmm. Don't be scared to really go to someone and ask them for help. Um, I think, you know, I think, maybe in the current environment people have more access to to those sort of individuals whereas i think back in the day when we were coming through the ranks and me especially is a long time ago you didn't always have access to to, to those sort of individuals uh, of highly successful players especially but, but i think the key thing is to have confidence you know people like to see people who are keen enthusiastic and want to learn and they will give you a lot of time and so for that individual you know where do you need to improve your game are you optimizing your diet are you sleeping well all those things, find the individuals who are doing it well, learn from them, implement it into your life. You know, some of the best companies out there weren't the first mover in the market. It's the people who, who follow in their footsteps and then create a, a better idea based on their idea. Mm -hmm. I think it's the same in life. You see someone doing something well, look at them, what they're doing, how can I implement that in my life and then improve it? And just mm -hmm. don't be scared to ask questions, find mentors and align yourself with successful individuals. I love that. Love that. And a similar-ish kind of question to the recently retired version of you, recently retired rugby player. Um, any advice for, the, for that version? <laughs> um, that's a tough one. Um, you just finished at Roslyn Park, played yeah. your last game, and then just kind of thinking about, right, what do I get into next or what do I do next? Um, oh, that's a tough question, that one. Uh, so, yeah, so obviously... obviously 
I'm, I'm an individual who needs to be sort of pushed and kind of I enjoy that physical challenge. So I, I straight away went into triathlon, but I probably should have t- just taken a moment to reflect. And, you know, you talk about meditation and mindfulness. I probably needed more time to just sit down, reflect on where I am and where, where do I want to go. And um, I definitely spent a few years feeling a little bit lost uh, with, with the direction. I try to fill it with triathlon and training hard and training big hours. And that wasn't necessarily maybe the right step uh, or the right direction to go. So really taking a moment to talk to people in your life, establish where you are and, and the next steps where the, the, the focus is going to be triathlon or your career or family, but, but definitely having that, that honest conversation with people in your life and yourself to decide where your passions are now and, and where can you sort of, you know, fulfill your, your, your life even more. Mm, awesome. Awesome. That's great. James. Um, Mate, I've really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed our conversation. Really enjoyed learning, actually, about um, the, the the light stuff. And yeah, like I say, definitely going to check that out. And um, yeah, it's been super inspiring to see how. Yeah, I think I, I, I noticed you doing that a little while ago, and I was been following you for a while. But you know, you just, I think, like I say, I sort of saw that picture of Anthony Joshua. I was like, bloody hell, these guys are getting <laughs> these guys are getting big. Um, but no, it's, it's super inspiring, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm chuffed that, you know, things are, are going from strength to strength for the business. And, um, and yeah, I also looked at a few pictures of your house renovation on Instagram. I was like, this is literally goals right there. This man is goals. <laughs> Actually, I forgot to mention my sauna. I thought that's like a pretty good, uh, health hack for the biohacking oh, house. Mate. It's a little outdoor sauna. And again, there's, there's a sauna for everyone's budget, but again, another great health yeah, protocol yeah. to think about oh, oh mate you've reeled off like so many today i think people might get a bit overwhelmed with like <laughs> oh my god there's so much i'm not doing yeah. so much i'm not aware of but but the, the key is just is just lighting that little flame or that little spark in mm. someone to go what he said there actually made sense i'm gonna look into that um you know not and people you can't do all of this overnight this these in, implementing mm. these things does take time um which you know i'm sure you you you've kind of had that journey yourself as well but it's it's yeah lighting that that little spark of curiosity and go actually yeah let's 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 think about that let's look at that Mm. maybe that will help me maybe that will help this injury maybe this will help the way i'm feeling mentally so james that was really really awesome thank you so much for your time today it's a pleasure and thank you for having me again. It's, it's great to speak and catch up. It's been good. Great stuff. Great stuff. So thank you guys. Um, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Post Rugby Podcast. Uh, just to, um, in fact, no, let's go back. James, is there any, anything else you wanted to just share about where people can find you? I forgot that last question. <laughs> Sorry, man. Um, I know you've so, talked so, quite a bit about your red light rising stuff, but yeah, if, if, just yeah. To, if you wanted to signpost anybody quickly to, to yeah, sure. where they can find you. So I think um, Instagram red light rising is our handle. Um, so, so we talk obviously about light therapy, but we also share all the free stuff as well. We talk a lot about sleep and just general health protocols. So again, that's probably the best place to find uh, more information. Our website, we do have more detailed blogs, which you can obviously link to from, from the Instagram. Um, I also share a bit, bit about what I'm doing at home and health and my family on my own Instagram, which again, you can find the link to on the Red Light Rising uh, Instagram page as well. Great stuff. Yeah, I'll add all those to the show notes, James. And um, yeah, thank you again. 
And yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, We will see you next time on the next episode of the Post Rugby Podcast. Thank you guys.